Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bruz, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I'm Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. I should say I'm Kathleen Turner. I feel like real raspy, <laughs> like uh, like sort of sexy woman voice in the uh, you know 50s or 60s yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. You you wish for the Barry White effect, but you get Kathleen Turner. That's not Turner. happening. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Barry White's... There's, there would be significant amount of pharmaceuticals oh, yeah. that would need it would be needed yeah. to get me to Barry White for sure for sure to get me to Barry White I, Kathleen Turner I'm trying to remember <sighs> romancing the stone where do I know Kathleen yeah, Turner from? yeah that was her that was she's good she did like a did PJ she? Wachowski private eye person for a while but I think she'd already started losing the voice by then okay did she have like, something wrong with her voice was it a thing. I think so. Like just it, a, was it a disease or something? I think it was tobacco. Body heat, oh. nineteen seventy-seven. Wacky. Uh, no, wait, no. Body heat uh, was what year was body heat? Probably body eighty-four, heat, maybe. Lance. Body heat, eighty-one. How many times can I say body heat? In, <laughs> yeah. In a Ten-second span. Um, yeah. So I think there was some nudity there. Yeah, it at least sounds like it. I think so. I don't recall the, seeing that deal. one, so yeah. I'm going to have to defer to you and your jumbled cable boxes. <laughs> War of the uh, Romancing the Stone. Yes. I think War of the Roses also. Yeah, I think she was in there. I didn't see that one. Peggy Sue got married. Did see that one. Yeah. Um, slowed by disease in the 90s. Oh. Um, rheumat- oh rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, okay. At least it wasn't so Peroni's disease. That would be really <laughs> surprising, actually. Uh-huh. We're trying to see if she had like some kind of voice problem or anything. She played uh, Chandler Bing's mom slash dad in Friends, so that was... A- that's All right, that's a tough look, kind of looking back, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It was a different time, but the sort of way that that was... I, there's no way that that gets handled like that. Oh, today, hell no. Right? Hell no. I feel like it was very flippant. I feel like today we'd have a very special episode of Friends oh my about God, yes. transgenderism and all that sort of stuff. They'd have their I own just, hashtag. There'd be no way we could have jokes about it. No, no. It's interesting to me because, you know, whenever I'm flicking through Netflix, uh-huh. um, I see, you know, the, the sort of trending now or like what, you know, what's hot, what people are watching. Right. And Friends is always on it. No, she, Yeah, I know. My daughter it's, contributes to that. Okay. So it sort of have, has found this, um, like, rebirth, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if it ever really went away, but it, it's found this sort of other life amongst this sort of Generation Z yeah. who have to be much more atoned to stuff like that. And, and I feel like there would be some sort of backlash about this that I have not heard. Yeah, um, it, it's was, interesting. My, my daughter, she's seen it so much. She's saying the punchlines before they even happen. So I'm like, shit, how many times have you seen these? Because I, I saw them when they were on TV, and then they yeah. I didn't see them again. 
She's just been binging and binging. Has she brought that up at all? Like, hey, this is weird about the dad-mom thing. This is no. a weird way to handle it. Never even said anything about it, no. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a long time, actually. I remember, I don't know if I've told this story before, but my sophomore year of dental school, um, we had an oral path exam the day before the Super Bowl. Ooh. Which... I, I just felt, and the other guys in the class felt just was wrong. just criminal. Yeah, it's just, it's just stu- like somebody hated it, you. Yeah, like move it back a couple of days, or or even move it to the Friday before. We would have been glad to. Oh yeah, come in, stay late on a Friday or whatever, and do the the test then, so we wouldn't have to, you know, deal with it on on Super Bowl. You know, the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I remember all the women in the class just berating us about how immature we were and how really. Yeah, like, oh, quit quit moaning, you know, this is real life, uh, you know, you're not in college anymore, blah, blah, blah. It's not stuff. real life? Jeez, shut up. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, it's. I guess it's one step closer, whatever. whatever. Like, hey, we're all adults now, all right. you know, you can, you know, this is, this is your career, Yeah. you shouldn't let the Super Bowl interfere, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Then I remember the oral path final. Ooh. The day after the Friends finale <laughs> and the, like the series finale, not like the season yeah, finale, yeah, yeah. the last one. And I remember all the women in the class going batshit crazy about it and just like, we can't believe like we're petitioning to get the test moved, all this stuff. And it was just like uh, all of us guys just sitting back, hands behind our heads, just like, no, yeah, hey, yeah. you know. You got this is your career. You know what's more important, <laughs> the finale of Friends right. or your career? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's time to to you know put childish things away mm-hmm. or whatever whatever bullshit they tried to tell put us. Put on your big kid, your granny panties. Exactly, exactly. And and we uh, we did not because they didn't vote for us to move the test. We didn't vote for them to move the test. <laughs> so they had to take it the day after the Friends finale, the same way we had to take it the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And guess what? Surprisingly, guess what Super Bowl that was. Uh, don't tell me it was the Seahawks losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, Janet Jackson nipples. Oh, okay. I'm all, I'm older than that. Okay. <laughs> the nipple bowl. Um, all right. So yeah, you know, but Hey, you know, kind of had it on in the background. Yeah. Uh, sort of saw it as it was happening, you know, and, uh, that didn't really affect my studying all that much. No. I can't say I was, yeah. I was, uh, too, too taken aback by it. Well, you were going to fail oral path anyway. Yeah, I think I did really well on that test, <laughs> did you? actually. Good. Surprisingly. Good for yeah. you. Good for yeah. you. Um, I have a little something to kind of ask our listeners for. It's kind of cool. We haven't done this before. I, didn't, I haven't even run this by you. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, I spent some time today working on something for Andrea. Oh? Um, so Andrea's Manscaping assist- or? No. Yeah, oh. Well, I mean, that's a regular okay. maintenance kind of deal. Okay. Um, we can talk about that at an, another time. Sure. But the, um, I've got like a Phillips body hair trimmer that, that's that's pretty good for that. <laughs> okay. um, it's specifically for body. You don't you know you have, I have one for my beard and then a separate one for that. Gotcha, right? gotcha. It's um, not just an attachment. So just, no, it's not just an attachment. <laughs> okay. no, All right. That's this. I, I need a completely separate trimmer for okay for for the below the neck. Gotcha. Right? For chest and below. Gotcha. Uh, no, so a few. Uh, I don't know. Probably in January. Um, Andrea's like main lead dental assistant uh-huh. was having some stomach pains and. Uh, Having stomach pains for a few weeks, made an appointment with the doctor, just kind of thinking it was no big deal. 
uh, and they found like a mass. They found like a you know some that they thought what it, at the time was an ab, uh, a uh, abnormal ovary. Okay. Um, so like oh or yeah we'll get you set up or just go in snip that thing out be no big deal. So then a few weeks later surgery day comes like outpatient deal you know show up at two o'clock be, be home by five. Um, and they go in there and they find uh, it's not just an abnormal ovary. It's a massive tumor. It's like Ooh. 20 pounds. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, and it was like completely circled around her uh, ov- or ovaries, her uterus, her co- part of her colon, part of her spleen. Wow. And so it was just this, turning this major thing. And so, you know, she was going in kind of expecting to miss a couple weeks of work, and now she's going to be like 15 weeks of chemo and then some maybe some radiation wow. and all that kind of stuff. She's been gone for like a year. Oh shit. And so we set up we set up a GoFundMe. Um her husband uh is a veteran in the Air Force and mm-hmm. is now retired and so you know they have some income but but are on are on a fixed income obviously. Sure. And so um you know this is, is kind of a little something to kind of help her out and she's just an amazing selfless person and you know, really is, is kind of, uh, you know, helped her, her husband when he was in the military. He was a, you know, career um, uh, Air Force, um, you know, in, enlistee uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, done all this sort of charity stuff. And she's an amazing assistant and uh, she needs a little help now. So if you're interested in kind of reading the story about it, maybe contributing, you know, a few bucks here or there, you know, would really go go a long way. Uh, go to bit.ly slash sylvia gfm like sylvia gofundme right so okay. sylvia gfm bit.ly slash sylvia gfm all lowercase, all so, lowercase. so check okay. that out it'd mean a lot to andrea it would mean a lot to me we'll get that and, in the show notes uh, as well make that easy to click yeah let's get that in there let's uh, let's check out sylvia let's help let's help her uh beat the beat the heck out of cancer yeah wow cool so there's no better way to start a comedy podcast yeah than yeah with sure. uh, talk about uh, talk about somebody who's uh, who's uh, needs some help uh, with with the cancer. Yeah, but uh, yeah. hey, it is what it is. We gotta do a little gotta do a little business. It right? is what it is. This is an advice show. I guess so. We answer your questions. We answer questions we find on all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of advice. So please. We need your questions. They are the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question, do we, Lance? No. We don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the greatest dental specialty of all time? Because we all know that prosthodontics (laughs) is the greatest dental specialty ever. Clearly. We want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. And actually, surprising news I read today out of the specialist... The dental specialist world, and I, I don't have anything huh. to back this up on me, but I just r- read the story kind of going through uh, Facebook uh-huh. today. Yeah. Um, I saw that the ADA approved a new specialty. Oh. And that's dental anesthesia. Oh, that's right. I did see so the headline, I, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty certain I saw this today. So I maybe should have done some kind of homework. Probably. You know, before... Uh, I say that every Before episode. Before we start, yeah, let's see here. <laughs> dental anesthesiology becomes the 10th dental specialty recognized, recognized by the National Commission on Recognition of Dental Specialties and Certifying Boards. That sounds like a partying group, Lance. That, I want to hang with those dudes. I'd not, I don't want to go to the party. I don't want to go to the after party. I want to go to the after after party For of sure. the National Clearly. Commission on Recognition 
of dental specialties and certifying boards. Um, yeah, so general anesthesiology is a specialty. So I don't know exactly what that means. Did now. you see that coming? I mean, was that something that been rumored? I know they've been trying to do it for a long time. Huh, okay. I know that the, the sort of dental anesthesia people. I mean, they never asked me, have, but you know, okay, have wanted whatever. to do that for a long time. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess there are some anesthesia residencies. Okay. Or fellowships, I guess. I don't. I don't really know for sure, but I know there's not many of them. And well, I know there, there's a few people I've known that just got into anesthesia so much that they just uh, offered it out there to be hired for the day and, and, and things like that. Uh, as far as I can tell, bo- business is booming. They they're always um, being utilized, and and I do think that's booming. a fantastic way to to offer that service. So uh, I'm trying to do both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I just think that the difference was is is there was, you know, you know, mo- I guess most of the people who had who were offering that were people who had done like two year GPRs uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a specific curriculum designed around right. that that may coincide with, you know, maybe medical anesthesia or something like that. Which probably needs if if yeah. that's all you're going to do, that's probably needs how that needs to go. Yeah. But then also. You know, there's no like certifying board, so there's no board certification, which we're going to get hot and heavy into in just a minute. Mm. Um, so I guess that this will probably set that where there you can sit for boards, which is probably a good thing. And yeah, I guess if there's going to be people out there that are practicing just that, mm-hmm. you know, then that's it's probably a good thing. I, you know, the 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 two that were always there's kind of three that were always discussed, and two more heavily than others were anesthesia and implantology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then it was like, well, you know, you've got OMS, you've got perio. Those are your, really your implantology. But now we kind of have these, you know, people like Moody, uh-huh. you know, and, and Danny Domang, um, who are sort of outside of that specialty trained world that still are basically implantologists. So where do you classify yeah. those guys? Right. 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 So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of comes along, if we start to see some implantology. Um, and then I guess cosmetics, you know, is always kind of a thing, but it's like, well, all right. So how are you going to handle that? Like, are you going to yeah. have residency programs and just cause, you know, like it just starts to, it, like it gets unwielded. That one will like, be a tough one. Everything's a freaking specialty. There's so many opinions anyway. Right. And suddenly the cosmetics, that, that then you're at the standardized things and that's. Right. I, I really like how things are, are sort of set up now where it's like, hey, if you want to get involved in the ACD and get accredited there, uh-huh. awesome. Like, that's a really rigorous pr- yeah. you know, process, whatever. I think yeah. like that's sort of like let the free market handle that in yeah. that way. I get anesthesiology because that's – we really need training programs that can ha- – you know, that, that will teach those sort of skills. Sure, right? sure, yeah. I'm always somewhat jealous of the anesthesia folks, aren't you? A little bit. Because, I mean, I, like, I get it. In, inherently, if things are going well, their job is really boring. Mm-hmm. If their job is super great, like, oh, hectic day, that means they were, like, <laughs> resuscitating people, yeah, which it, is bad. That, tough look. Yeah. See, I, I like the fact that pretty much everything I do, the risk of death is pretty low. Yeah. And maybe not so much with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. When you when you look into it, it it's it is still pretty low. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm doing the dentistry uh-huh. while they have the patient sedated or whatever. Yeah. Like, 
reading a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Flipping flip through a magazine like on the other side of the office, like just listening to the monitor. Uh huh. Sweet gig, man. Yeah. Sweet gig. Yeah. Pretty low overhead. We don't really need a team. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Pretty, pretty nice. Pretty good, yeah. Let's see here. My mouse just died on me, Lance. I've never had this before. Wow. Okay. There it is. It's back. Okay. It's back. Question one. Trent asks, did you see that ad from the Pross in Denver? You guys have to discuss this. (laughs) Yeah. I will have to admit, Lance, I was a little, like, I was kind of out of the loop. I was sick all weekend. Oh, okay. And so I didn't really know exactly what was happening here. So you had to do some research for me. I did a little bit. Well, I, I kind of watched it as it happened, you know. That so you were around this week and you kind of yeah, saw the, yeah. all of this. I watched it happen. I I I agreed with the sentiment that people had about what a fucking bitch. Yeah. So why don't why don't we get before we get there? <laughs> okay. Why don't you kind of give the rundown and then after after you give the rundown, I will read the ad. Okay. That sort of started all this and then. Okay. People dug this like it people dug deep. Yeah. Yeah. After the ad was sort of uncovered. Yeah. All right. So, so here here's a prosthodontist that runs an ad and it's the it's the mudslinging type of marketing where in order to elevate herself she pretty much shit on all the GPs and basically said the only person that should be doing cosmetics and implants and everything like that is me, a prosthodontist. I'm trained. She also threw under the bus some well-respected groups of people including the people at Panky Institute and the Las Vegas Institute <coughs> and basically said if you go to a dentist that uh, trained there their only focus was to make money and not your benefit in mind and they you know buyer beware but they're gonna shit all over you and, and make uh, make you do a full mouth reconstruction kind of a thing and so this ad gets discovered and gets posted, and and it sort of goes viral on some of the groups, yeah, right? Yeah, it did. It got yeah, it got shared, and then people glommed on. I think I think Alan certified at uh, Dumpster Fire pretty early because it still had a lot of legs after that. Yeah, this was a this was an early certification. They called this election early. Yeah, for Dumpster Fire. Yeah. So this ad gets posted. People start digging into her and her website, and then other stuff kind of comes up later. Yeah, but let's start with this ad. Okay. Because this is where everything started. So yeah. I still never got a full uh, disclosure on where this ad came from. It was like what some I'm magazine. A, like, 50, like Denver Magazine. Yeah, 5280, like I think, right? is the name of a magazine. I believe that's their elevation, and so they have a magazine name. Okay. Yeah. So it's a city magazine yeah. for Denver. Yeah. It's a full-page advertisement. So pro- I go big or go home. Right, right, right. Full page advertisement. I think you need a full page to throw this much shade. If, yeah, if you're going to be shitting this much, it's going to take yeah. a page to wipe. Big, huge um, kind of headline at the top. Yeah. Think your dentist knows implants? Question mark. Think again. Prosthodontists are the real experts. Dr. Ann Fabricius is one of Denver's only board certified prosthodontists. And then this next part is bolded and in blue. The ADA recognized dental specialty devoted to dental implants. <laughs> Comma. Now it's no longer bolded and blue. So that part, the ADA recognized dental specialty devoted to dental implants, bolded and in blue. Uh-huh. The rest of this is like in the normal type of the rest of of the of the article or of the, the ad. Comic Cosmetics. Sans 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I, no, it looks like Ariel okay. to me or Helvetica. Uh, probably Helvetica. Like that. Yeah. It is definitely Sans. It. I don't want to get into okay. like design of fonts, <laughs> okay. but that's outside of this. Uh, there, but there are no serifs on this font. Gotcha. Uh, but this is it's it's so technically it is a sans serif, but it, it looks more to me like an Ariel or Helvetica. It's not. Anyway. It's not Comic Sans. That's just silly. And it's not comics. That would be it. Would be better actually. <laughs> Probably you would. Next time, and Doctor Fabricius, do this in, in comics. Fabricius, isn't that um, the the odor spray for your furniture? <laughs> no. Or or like when you when you go to shit up your bathroom and <laughs> in your private bathroom in your office. Uh-huh. We spray ADA a whole bunch of Fabricius all over that shit. The ADA recognized dental specialty devoted to dental implants, comma cosmetics, uh-huh. veneers, crowns, bridges, and dentures. Uh-huh. Residencies and prosthodontics are three years in length and focus on all aspects of dental implant treatment. I, I don't, mm. I really don't like how the bolded part in blue stops at dental implants because the first thing your eye sees is the ADA recognized dental specialty de- de- devoted to dental implants, which is total, utter bullshit. Total bullshit. Right, I mean, how like every residency, I guess, except for maybe pedo, has something to do with implants. You know, I mean, perio yeah. is hugely regenerative and implant based. Yeah. Oral surgery, obviously, heavily implant based. Uh-huh. To say that that the ADA, the ADA recognized dental specialty devoted to implants is utter bullshit and and misleading and uh-huh. like offensive. I'm offended for Brian Mealy and. Ed Ellis and, and the, like the Perio and OMS guys that I know, uh-huh. you know, that run the run residencies. Next paragraph, general and cosmetic dentists have get ready for this lens okay. in blue, uh, bold font, minimal formal training back to regular font with dental implants. And their knowledge is often from blue, bold font, evening and weekend courses. Regular font, then trial and error on unsuspecting, trusting patients. Many patients seek the expert help of a prosthodontist only after everything has gone wrong. Bold blue font, when you see a prosthodontist, your dentistry will be done right the first time. Oh, are you, oh my, are you freaking kidding me? Like, all right. You have your uh, picadillos with periodontists from your days in dental school. I do. And I have the same for prosthodontists. Periodontists made your life utter hell when you're in dental school. Uh-huh. Prosthodontists made my life hell in dental school. Shouts to Mike Matsudo and Ron Verrett and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. Richard Seals and Dave Kaiser and Rodney Phoenix and and just, you know, these guys that are, that are prosthodontists. But, you know, kind of have this sort of imperious attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get out of practice and, and you know, there's prosthodontists that sort of practice in the area. And if you're to believe this, it, basically what what this boils down to is that prosthodontists don't ever have failures. Right, right. That's Is that what – I mean, that's kind of what well, I read. it's in blue you and see bold a right there. Bold and blue. Yeah. When you see a prosthodontist, your dentistry will be done right the first time. Clearly, yeah. And that is that is isn't that what Rouse like, says? Ridiculously <laughs> bold. So underneath that, we have some figures. Okay. There's 3,500 general dentists in Colorado. There's 50 prosthodontists in Colorado. Okay. 
There's five in the Denver metro area that are board certified, Preston Honest. Okay. Have you ever talked to anybody who's board certified? I don't think so. I probably don't. I, I don't know. Okay. So, so board certification at some point in the past was pretty much a big deal. Like it wasn't required and it wasn't, you know, not everybody did it. Okay. And so it carried a, a decent amount of weight. And, and now most residencies... And, and again, you know, if, if I'm speaking out of turn on this as obviously someone who's not gone through a specialty residency and not done this, but just from, from people I know who, who run residency programs, they expect their residents to, to sit for boards. It's an expectations of, of matriculating to that residency program is you will do this, you will do that, you will do this, and you will sit for boards. Okay. A lot of times it's a, 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 a written exam before they finish their residency, and then you know, they will show cases and sit for oral boards after they finish. But the residency director is expecting them to sit for boards now. Okay. Almost every residency expects that. Okay. So it's kind of become this like, yeah, whatever, everybody gets board certified. Right, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I find this five prosthodontists in the, in the Denver metro area that are, are board certified, I m- – me thinks there may be some lying with numbers there. Okay. Like define the Denver metro area, right? Like I, I, I just like I know immediately I can think of two prosthodontists I know that are in Denver that are board certified besides her. Right. So you're telling me there's this is a city of over a million people. There's only two more. They're, they're I, probably, I just don't feel like that's right. It's just right. The, the downtown area. Like Aurora, just <laughs> no way. And Littleton, those those just don't count. Right, and Boulder. I mean, it's just like this is a massive metropolitan city. Uh-huh. I will I will almost guarantee you there's more than five. Uh-huh. So if you're saying like five in the Denver metro area, my hunch is you're saying like, oh, well, I meant like south of, yeah. you know, whatever highway <laughs> and west of, of whatever. Yeah. Like my hunch is there's some kind of like border defining that isn't really spoken out uh-huh. here. The gerrymandering. Exactly. This is absolutely gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Underneath that, we have a quote. From interesting, oh. <laughs> the quote says, "Doctor Anne is amazing. I was in a terrible situation where my front six teeth were crowned incorrectly. She's doing, she is doing an amazing job fixing my problem." <laughs> and that's from Anne V. So I find it interesting that it's somebody. It's the same first name as hers. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think it's just coincident. Probably, but. probably. I'd certainly like to see Ann's uh, testimonial after the finished product is done. Well, that's right. Like, how about have a case <laughs> uh-huh. that's done that you get this, get your testimony. Uh-huh. Underneath that, we have a picture of her. Okay. And and, so, and some biographical information. Dr. Ann Fabricus, Fabricus, Fabricius, Fabricius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However you want to pronounce it. And 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 seriously, like if you're listening to this, uh, Dr. Uh, Fabricius, Fabricus, um, we're not trying to throw shade. I just think there's some things that need to be called out here. And I think you're probably already regretting this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I just hope you see why. Yeah. And then that's what we're going to try to eliminate you on because I think the internet world got really mean really quickly. Oh, yeah. And I want to try to stay away from that sort of meanness. Right. Northwestern University. She's got a BA in biologic sciences. Okay. I'm sure North. I mean, Northwestern's a great school. Awesome. But quite frankly, who gives a shit about your BA? Right, right. It means nothing. Like, you, it's like you're, why don't you put where you went to high school? Right, right. For sure. Were you in the National Junior Honor Society? Did you play field hockey? How about that? Like, the, the, those things matter about as much 
as as your BA from Northwest. Well, it's kind of like the, those, you look at other people's websites and then they just list all their memberships in the state societies and stuff. You're like, well, yeah. that's great. Stupid. Cool. Okay. Next up, Harvard School of Dental Medicine. So we got the H-bomb dropped here. There you go. Now, the H-bomb for attorneys. Oh, yeah. And for, for business, you know, MB, for for you know, MBAs and, and, and that sort of stuff in the business world. And in, in many worlds, Harvard is the H-bomb. For sure. In dentistry, Harvard's not really not the so H-bomb, much. brother. No, no. It's not that big a deal. Nope. The, the last thing I heard was that, like, basically everybody that went to Harvard specialized. And and I remember asking, like, why? Like, shouldn't they be, like, ready to roll and, like, cut teeth and be, and be like, rocking and rolling? Yeah, I heard that like, they went into academia. They weren't really going to be Yeah, actual... they all specialized because they're not clinically proficient when they graduate. Yeah. Okay, cool. So she graduated and said, like, hey, I need some more stuff. Uh-huh. So then she goes to the University of Illinois at Chicago, and she gets her certificate in prosthetics. Okay. Underneath that, former clinical assistant professor, University of Illinois at Chicago. Crown Bridge and Implant and Denture Courses. Great. I'm former clinical assistant professor at the University of Texas Health Science Center, San Antonio, in operative and restorative dentistry. So we share that in common. Okay. Um, so she has her certificate in PROS from University of Illinois at Chicago. She went to Harvard, which I guess is supposed to mean something to the people who are reading this. Um, and, and she basically made it clear that everything PROS and honest do – is great, uh-huh. and they do everything right the first time. That's right. From your clinical experience, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's an embellishment. Nothing is always 100%. You could, you could quite even said it, that uh, you could do absolutely everything correct and still have a failure. Right. And I feel like that's something the more you learn and the more sort of higher up in education you get – the sort of more you learn that you don't have all the answers. Yeah. That the more you learn, the, the more you learn to sort of learn risks and all. I mean, that's why like Coise's biggest lecture topic is kind of risk management uh-huh. because he's sort of at the highest level where he can sort of look over everything. It's like, hey, we, there's a bunch of pitfalls we can step into Yeah, and have problems. Like even the best restorative dentists. Yeah. Now, I, we have some great, talented prosthodontists here in San Antonio. I mean, Jeff Rouse is among them. Uh-huh. We, have, we have some some really talented guys here. Um, I'm not going to tell you that – I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that I see a, tr- a bunch of train wreck pros cases. Right. But I also don't see that everything a prosthodontist does is perfect all the time. Right. And I think, like, p- proclaiming that across an entire specialty – is a real tough look. Yeah, I remember in undergrad, I remember one guy, he was going for his PhD and he, he kind of was summing everything up. He says when you when you start college, you don't really think you know very much, and then you get a degree, you feel like you know some, then you get your masters and you think you know everything, and then you get your PhD and you realize you don't know anything. You know a lot about one thing but nothing else. Right. And so I, you know, by proxy here by sort of like pounding out how great prosthodontists are, She's really shitting on everybody else. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I just think in today's day and age, could you imagine somebody taking out an ad saying like, a Polish guy stole my car stereo. All Polish guys are thieves. Yeah. You get just to, like, you, like, 
you can't say that today. No. It just doesn't, you know, you that, that's what she's doing here. Now, on that, so kind of all of that was on the right-hand side of the page. On the left-hand side of the page, you have this sort of, it says the general or cosmetic dentist compared with Lakewood prosthodontist Dr. Ann Fabricius. Mm-hmm. So under the general or cosmetic dentist um, uh, column here, it says no formal training with implant surgery, minimal training in attaching teeth to implants, worked with less than six implants during school. And that's in bold and blue. <laughs> now, I worked with more than six implants in, in dental school. Did you? Yeah, I restored like 12 implants. I think I saw a one lot of on a slide. Yeah, there's a difference between 2006 versus when you graduate, right? True. <laughs> Often asks implant sales reps and lab techs how to put teeth on implants. I, all right, take out the implant sales rep part. Other uh-huh. than, I mean, they're, they're important cogs in the whole deal. Sure. But I'm not asking them how to attach teeth to implants, but there are absolutely times to talk to a laboratory technician about spaces, oh my about God. forces, about like... The, about managing all of that stuff, about managing materials, like the lab techs to say, are hugely vital and important there because they're the ones that have to. If if it, if they screw it up, they have to redo it. So they they've already gone through the pitfalls. They know what huge resource, uh, huge resources. Yes. Great lab techs are, are are invaluable. Yes. So to just say like, oh, general and cosmetic dentists are bad because they have to consult with a lab tech. No, Dr. Fabricius, you should be consulting with your yeah, lab tech too. I really should. And yeah. I, my hunch is you are, uh-huh. and this is disingenuous. Yeah. Let's go to her side. Three years of formal residency training in both implant surgery and attaching teeth to implants. I don't know. I don't know what the curriculum is at University of Illinois, Chicago. I We have to just take right a word. Mm-hmm. Great. My hunch is that surgery is probably not a ton, maybe some, mm-hmm. but let's be honest, like Perio and, and, and OMS are getting the surgeries. Like maybe you did some, yeah. but that wasn't the focus of your training. It just, there's, it just wasn't, that's not any pros program. No. Worked with, and in bold blue letters, hundreds of implants from start to finish during residency and even more after. And then under that routinely manages simple and complex cases. Huh. Okay. Like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> I routinely manage simple and complex cases. Yeah. Um, under planning, general or cosmetic dentist, there is often no planning and relies on surgeon to guess at implant location. Shoot from the hip. There's some people that do that. Absolutely <laughs> not lying. I mean, I'm I'm I will not disagree. Okay. There's also some prosthodontists that do that too. Uh-huh. And there's also some general dentists and cosmetic dentists who spend a lot of time with the CBCT and a and a intraoral scan and blue sky bio and and, uh-huh. and Simplan and all those implant concierge and all those places to not do exactly what you're saying they're doing. Uh-huh. So to to broadly generalize that again is the Polish guy stealing your car stereo. All Polish people are bad. Yep. Um, how about this under under her for planning? Plans the shape and position of teeth first, and then plans the best position of the implants within bone. Yeah, I, I do that too, yeah. and I didn't do your residency program. So, you know, uh-huh. under surgical technology, there's nothing for general or cosmetic dentist. For her, computer-guided surgery techniques ensure that implants are placed exactly. And under that, surgery is less invasive with less pain and faster recovery. 
Yeah, so I work with surgeons and periodontists and use computer-generated guides and mm-hmm. blue sky bio and implant implant concierge and all that thing, all, all that same stuff. Turns out the exact same way. Yep. Computer-guided surgery with so that we have you know less surprise and less invasiveness, right? Uh-huh. You, you do too, yeah? Yeah, all the time. So I guess we're just like weird animals. I, apparently. We're weird freaks that exist out there. Or maybe she's broadly generalizing and offending all of us. This is wild. Under surgical timeline for general or cosmetic dentist, healing times often extended by two to three months out of concern for, quote, what the general dentist might do to the implant, end quote. Okay. (laughs) On her side, short healing times based on current evidence-based protocols. Again, like horrible generalizations here. Under temporary teeth Uh for general or cosmetic. Uses removable dentures that may fall out while eating. Can damage the gums and implants. Under her, usually can attach the temporaries to teeth or the implants so that they stay in all the time. Helps the gums to heal. I do that too, Lance. What about you? Yeah, that's kind of uh, the SOP there. Yep, that's kind of what the system is. Yeah. Yeah, it's the sort of the way that it goes. You converted the day of, de- of the delivery and the surgery. Yeah. And it's, you know, like thousands, hundreds of thousands of cases have been done. It's pretty, I mean, I don't want to say it's easy, but I'm like, this sort of routine. get done now. Yeah. Permanent teeth under general or cosmetic dentist. Um, has to work around implant positioning problems due to poor planning. Has that happened? Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. Has that only happened to general dentists? Absolutely not. That's happened to prosthodontists uh-huh. too. I love this one. Average quality labs. Uh, wait a minute. I mean, yeah, sure. Good. I know I know that there are prosthodontists that send shit to Glidewell. So, you know, uh-huh. slow your roll. Um, may substitute aftermarket parts to increase profits. Sure. They're general dentists that do that. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard stories. There's prosthodontists to do it too. Yep. Under her. Um, teeth look natural because implants are positioned correctly. Yeah, so 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 do the restorations of a lot of general dentists. Uh-huh. And yeah. underneath that, big bold blue letters. Top quality labs. Lance, are there are, are the top quality labs, do they only accept cases from prosthodontists? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know where she got that one from. Don't know. Kind of reaching. Um, only brand name implant parts. Okay, cool. All right. I mean, I only use brand name implant parts too. Um, so you do you and I'll do me. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that all uh, general dentists uh, may substitute aftermarket parts to increase profits is um, offensive to me as a general dentist who does not do that. Yeah. Maintenance. General or cosmetic dentist. Problems are more likely and may require work to be completely redone in the future in bold and blue. Uh, yeah, and that's called restorative dentistry. Uh-huh. Everything might need to be completely redone in the future. And in fact, everything will need will. to be completely yeah. redone in the future mm-hmm. unless the patient dies. Uh-huh. Under her, lower maintenance costs due to better tooth design and higher quality parts. You don't know what I'm... Dr. Yeah, Dr. Fabricius. Uh, 
I don't care where you put the implants and how you design the teeth. If you're somebody who's not taking care of them and not maintaining them, even your magic hands. She's going to fail. Yeah. So I, I, this, as a general dentist who tries to do the right thing, I find this grossly offensive. Mm-hmm. I, I think to over – if you want to say, hey, I'm a prosthodontist, I have some special training and stuff, great. That's super cool. You earned it, do it. Talk about how, you know, the things that you learned in a residency and, and, and whatnot. Talk about what sets you apart. Don't put others down in an effort to do that. Do you agree with that statement? Totally agree, yeah. How? What would you have done differently on this ad, Lance? All of it? Yeah. I mean, just... it's it, they used, Marketing should be coming from a, a, a standpoint of what, just what you do, what you offer. You don't have to put the negatives of the alternative. Just say what you do and right. d- what you do well. Right. That's it. How do you think this ad happened? I, it, like, it's, do you, it's do so you really think this was like the point of her ad was to tear down GP? Or do you think this was like phone meeting with a marketing company marketing company they just start talking or whatever i can't imagine a marketing like, company encouraging this she had to go off yeah. off the rails off off the reservation here and doing it on her own somehow because anybody any marketing person worth their <laughs> salt is going to know that you you don't start shitting on others because it'll always reflect reflect poorly i mean i'm sure there are people reading the ad that the consumer that she's actually targeting who can read between the lines and, and say this is this is not how the kind of person I would want to go to. I'm sure there are plenty of people that probably agree with it, and it probably works to a degree, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm looking here on the ad to see if there's some kind of, like, you know, little text or something like that about, like, a marketing company designed this or whatever. I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that they didn't, right. but... Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the marketing company is going to do what the guy paying, writing the check is asking them to do. So it might be despite right. their protestations, they may still have gone to print. Right. The other thing, I mean, I, I, so I'm trying to look. And I, was it ever decided, like, when she graduated from dental school? Because it doesn't say. But she's young, right? She's young-ish. It, it, the, as the thread got dirtier and uglier, there was... Uh, Shout out to Lisa, the listener that uh, worked in the office that she took over in Chicago before she relocated to Denver. So there's um, kind of an ugly history. Did you see? Did you read those parts too? Yeah. So first off, like before we dig into kind of reaction onto this. Okay. So people started digging into her. Uh huh. They found an article on her blog or something like that that we're going to get into that has been since deleted, but someone somehow got screen grabs. Okay. Of. Um, and then, and then some readers and some people who reacted to this kind of bombarded her Google reviews, which I, I feel like that's a tough look. Yeah. That, that's um, where I, I yeah, I, have a hard I just time think, st- I mean, I think she regrets this enough probably already. Yeah. And I, I just think that's taking it to a level that, that I, I would like to not see us resort to that. Agreed. Um, you know, I'm not if, if you if you left a review or whatever, I'm not calling you names, whatever it is. Um, 
I just think that's in, in a and, – and I get it that the sort of her ad was in a mean spirit uh-huh. um, and, and that, you know, that mean spirit kind of got carried through. Um, but I would just say like, uh, hey, man, be cool. Um, and, and I would discourage against that. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, I certainly hope that um, – I certainly hope that I don't get any one-star reviews now based on that. I'm not calling anybody out. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just saying, like, I, I just I, I wish that that wasn't sort of a, a reaction that happened because I just know how that affects a practice, and I, I feel like that's yeah. that's really bad. I, I think she's going to um, get get her. She's gonna she's gonna learn the the hard the school of hard knocks yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So here's the article that was posted on her blog that has kind of some more information. Uh-huh. Uh, the title of it is How I First Learned About the Dark Side of Dentistry, publishing date 1-4-2019. So just, uh, yeah, eight weeks or so ago. Yeah. Ten, or ten, 10 weeks ago, some, something like that. Okay. Uh, here we go, first paragraph. After finishing residency in 2013. So that tells you she graduated dental school in 2010 and then finished residency in 2013. Uh-huh. Um, so she has been out of school for five years. Okay. I, uh, I purchased a high-end general dentistry practice in the suburbs of Chicago. Based on the records of the practice, it appeared that many patients needed complex crown and bridge procedures, one of my areas of expertise. I immediately took over the, the recall exams that were done uh, with cleanings and was pleased to meet lots of wonderful people, but something was very wrong. The revenues were plummeting, even though most of the patients were coming in regularly for preventive care. It took a few months for me to figure it out, but turns out the previous dentist had been telling patients at their clinic appointments they needed extensive, expensive treatments to, quote, fix things that were actually still in good condition. Since I wasn't selling patients unnecessary treatments, the profits of the practice declined sharply. I also uncovered a billing fraud scheme where patients were billed for individual components of bigger procedures. For example, instead of just billing for a crown, they were billed for a crown, temporary crown, and gingivectomy. Um, Those extras added to $600, uh, added $600 to the cost of the procedure. Having just come out of residency, I thought dentists had the best interests of their patients in mind. But this was a rude awakening to the truth of the profession. Many dentists care more about profits than the well-being of their patients. I pursued legal action against this dentist, and a jury ruled in my favor in September 2017. I will always be grateful to the 12 jury members who gave up their time to send a clear message to the dental community. Do not sell your patients unnecessary treatments, and do not defraud them. So... If, if she had just finished her residency and went into this, I'm assuming she did some research uh-huh. when she was in residency, so she should be pretty familiar with research protocols. Her study here, which is grossly, which she is, is characterizing almost every dentist, has an N of N one. N of one, yep. She's judging every single dentist, general dentist in the country, based on this one case. Uh-huh. So, Lance, that Polish guy that stole your car stereo, uh-huh. that's why you hate Polish people, Exactly. Right? And all of them. And all Every because one, one Polish person stole a car stereo. Every one of them is a horrible, horrible person, right? Every damn one. And I, the last thing I want is 12 jurors that have no dental training to make judgment on necessity of dental, right. dental work and the quality right. of dental work. And How, how does... How does this case go to a tr- go to a jury trial? That, yeah, that's that's another this, good question. Like this case goes to jury trial and a twelve person jury. Like this is in Chicago. Like this is a murder capital of the world. So you know they have other things to do now. Sure. <laughs> um, the other thing that that so she finishes in twenty thirteen. 
And then she practices for some period of time in Chicago and then moves to Colorado. So every case she's ever done so far has been a success. Uh-huh. <laughs> because of Geo- geography. Geographic success. Because she was in dental school and whatever she treated there, everything in dental school is a freaking geographic success because you move. You, yep. You're gone. You've graduated. You're, you know, it takes you a few months to do anything in clinic. By the time you get done, you know, like everything's still fine. You haven't seen anything come back. That's right. You've seen everything. You've seen other people's stuff come back, and then you think, oh, they sucked because I haven't seen anything come back. And then you're gone, mm-hmm. and you don't see your stuff starting to come back a few years later. Then she goes to do residency where the same freaking thing happens. Um, she's there for three years. Uh-huh. Not really enough time to see much stuff come back. No. Then she goes to Chicago. Uh-huh. Is there for... At least, I mean, I don't know, a couple years, you know, four years, maybe five. I don't know. I don't know when she opened this practice. And then she moves. So the stuff she did in Chicago, she hasn't seen fail yet. And now she hasn't been in Denver long enough to see stuff fail. So this is somebody that's never seen their dentistry fail. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's part of where this comes from. Once you start, like, we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Like when you've been out for like the 10 year mark is kind of when you start seeing stuff that you did well, uh-huh. that's now starting to fail. Right. Exactly. And I had one today, like an endo that I did really well and a crown I did really well now had like a super sharp probing depth on the distal angle. Like it's got a crack in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I restored this tooth. Well, I was proud of that endo. I know exactly who it was. Like it's, you know, every time I saw on recall, I was like, Oh, let's take a look at that endo again. looks great. Right. looks great. looks great. looks great. Oh crap. It's now it's cracked and is unrestorable. It just, you, she yeah. just hasn't, like, she hasn't been out long enough to figure any of this out. Yeah. So this, like, she's in for a rude awakening when she's in any place for more than a few years. If she does if she decide does. to do that, maybe yeah. this is just the thing. She's there for a few years and then moves on. Yeah. And if so, like, I, I, you figured the magic, you figured out that you cracked the magic formula. Maybe that's like, well, what we should all be doing is just playing musical chairs from practice to practice every few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to deal with this shit. But, um, like, I hate to say, you just haven't seen your stuff fail yet. Yeah, totally agree. It's, it's, that's actually sounds like the dream. Geographic success. Just keep moving. I think overgeneralizing, and, and certainly, like, your first experience out of school is is obviously shaping, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's impactful. You you go out into the world thinking that things are going to be a certain way or whatever, and then you find out they're not. And uh, it's obvious that this just really sort of scarred her deep. And now she just like she's just taking like er, in her mind, it was like she had one bad breakup with a guy or whatever, and now every guy's out to get her, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, there's still there's good guys out there that would be happy to love you and and you know, give you a good life and, you know, or, 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 or live a good life with you and have a good relationship with you. You just have to give them a chance. And are there some shitty journal dentists out there? Sure. Yeah. Are there some shitty prosthodontists? Sure. Absolutely. Like two of the best restorative dentists I know are not prosthodontists. Uh-huh. Brian, Brian Schroeder and Bill Robbins, who are my mentors and well-published and well-known, especially on the Seattle Study Club lecture circuit. Neither one of those guys holds a certificate in prosthodontics. Um, so I, I just, 
I think to say that only prosthodontists can do this stuff and not general dentists and that all general dentists are evil and trying to, you know, swindle their patients. I think all that stuff is just utter total bullshit. It's a really good way to build up a lot of enemies. What do you think? Well, absolutely, because she's also saying in that one article that uh, if they've gone to LVI or Panky, that they're only out for the money. And I mean, that just paints such a broad stroke that uh, I, I... I'm surprised there hasn't been. Maybe there is some pending litigation. Uh, she set herself up pretty poorly. I don't know when this was published. Yeah, I didn't see a date on it. There's no, there's no date. This is the first time you know, I heard anything about it was over the weekend. So I'm guessing fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen an ad like this from anybody in Seattle? No. Because I mean, literally, like you've you have the hardest hitting prosthodontist in the world. There, you've got you know. Spear has roots there. Um, Kinzer, Kois. No, I've never, Uh, never seen. I mean, literally, like it's it's the pros mecca, right? Mm -hmm. And and you've never seen any of those people who who have that background and that type of of I don't even like that cachet, right? No, I've never seen any anything like that at all. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, I, you know, if Frank wouldn't do this, yeah, and if Coyce wouldn't do this, and if Greg wouldn't do this, mm-hmm. why would this person? Penis envy? I guess it's all <laughs> it could possibly be, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I just don't even know, like, it's obvious she made a mistake, yeah, right? And, yeah. and my hope is that this this changes her tune. Um, I would hope, I've yeah. been talking, I've been talking to a prosthodontist that I know in Denver um, and, and gotten a little background oh. and, and basically um, that, peop, quote, unquote, people in Denver are flabbergasted, at least all the specialists I talk to. Mm. She doesn't run a referral-based practice. She does strictly direct marketing. So I guess that kind of thing works for her. Um, I don't know if that was her game plan in Chicago. She, when she practiced there, um, Mm. she was also cutting herself off from the other specialists, but here she says she's one of the only board certified people. I had a boarded prosthodontist work for me and I would, uh, I would not want to have her done work in my mouth. I've been redoing some of this shit she did not Anne, but this other board certified prosthodontist. Mm. Um, but Hey, no one is perfect. Right. Well, I haven't got the sentiment. I haven't got the, yeah, I haven't got the sentiment that, that she's hated, um, but she's also very new out here. Quote, unquote, she is an odd duck. She interviewed with me a year ago, and I really dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> uh, yes, you did, buddy. You yes, you did. And that's that's from one of my students who I taught in uh-huh. um, operative and who is one of my best students and, um, uh, you know, was really, was really good with a handpiece uh-huh. and a guy I would trust to work on me. So, prosthodontists. Don't be a pain in the ass. Don't take out ads like this. No. Take out an ad that says like, hey, you know, stuff's hard. And if you want somebody who's done a little extra education on the hard stuff, like we're here. Yeah. Don't 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 cast other people, you know, don't throw shade. Don't have a whole, you know, thousand word article uh, just throwing shade on, you know, overgeneralizing every general dentist. Yeah. You cool with that? I'm cool with that. Words to live by. You, you want to do a quick Reddit? Sure. Right. I feel like we need to do something other than we that. Probably we probably should. To, we yeah. have to, 
we have to like get that taste. I have to get the taste of her out yeah, of my mouth. That's a good idea. Clear the palate. Clear the palate. Reddit user Maddie Starts Growing asks, smoking weed after implant. Hey guys, next month I'm getting a bone graft and one implant is being put in my uh, put in for my front top tooth. I don't smoke cigarettes at all, but I do smoke a fair amount of marijuana, like several times a day. <laughs> I know I can't smoke for the first week after the implant is put in, but as long as I have good dental hygiene after, there shouldn't be a real issue with me smoking, right? Like no more than anyone else who is a smoker. Well, this might be something that you've dealt with more than I have because of the um, statutes and legal situations in my state versus yours. Sure, sure. But it would stand to reason. My guess is people are just more open about it, that you still have the same number of people in your office. They just don't tell you. Smoking is smoking, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, Wacky smoking crack, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Like, smoking is smoking. And it's like, I, I, I my hunch is, and I've never looked, I don't think there's ever been probably any exhaustive studies done on like what does smoking crack do to an implant or once it's been placed. Yeah. I just think smoking anything probably ain't good. My, my guess is, and I don't, yeah, again, I don't know. Uh, my guess is the decrease in, in capillary and blood flow and everything is going to happen with uh, weed smoking as well. So smoking is right. smoking. Doesn't matter. So this is right. and I, smoke and smoke. I did see the the um somebody commenting saying, "Hey, go go for uh, edibles." That maybe if you're well, that's the thing. Yeah, we got alternatives. Smoking is the least desirable way to consume marijuana, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like edibles are are the way to go. I would even vape it before I would. Yeah. Before I would like roll up a J and smoke the it. The technology is coming is is exploded since they got legalized they got so many different ways to consume that it's man why would you bother smoking i don't know i, I don't do it that's so kind of yeah i mean that's sort of my thought is it, it man if i lived in washington state or colorado uh -huh. i think i would be sort of i i would cotton to the edible game uh -huh. more so than i would like, like alcohol or whatever right yeah, it's it, and I actually think there's like weed drinks now too, right? Yeah, there are weed coffees, weed sports yeah, drinks. Yes, so I just feel like there's so many other ways to get uh -huh. it. Like just for six months after, like while your implant integrates and you're getting it all restored uh -huh. and all of that, like stick to the edibles, stick to the drinks. If you if you just have to do something that has like that immediately hit, because I get it. Yeah. Like you take an edible and it's 40 minutes before you got it, uh, upwards right? to two hours. Yeah, and then there's always that moment of like. Shit, it's not working. Uh -huh. Do I need another one? Right, and then that's like where you that's get into the, trouble. Yep. You you start chasing that second pass metabolism, and and now it's, you know, now you have a bunch hit your system all at one time, mm -hmm. and and hit you like a you know like a, a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Like there are some problems with edible, or there's some you know sort of you got to sort of figure out how to how to schedule things out, and before you want to get the high, you eat at 45 minutes or whatever early, mm -hmm. all that stuff, right? Yeah. But even then, like. <laughs> Vape it. Yeah. Just like that time, like that time you need that immediate hit or whatever, vape it. And I feel like that's at least going to be better than smoking, right? Or take a drink of it. I yeah, I would, I would take the Jesus. drink. I'm not sure vaping would be much different than smoking though, would it? It's kind of, it's got to be a little different, right? No. Because you don't have the heat. Okay. You just have the water vapor. Okay. I'm not saying it's good, mm -hmm. 
But I'm also saying it's got to be better than just blunt smoke. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know that I, I mean, I'm not going to be taking a class I'm soon. I'm not Dr. Dre. Yeah. They have classes up here now for, for the dental professionals to be aware of the side effects of the of marijuana and stuff. So in the next in the near future, I should be a bit more of an expert in it because I will have actually been presented some data. But at this point, I don't really know. So if you have an option of a patient coming in drunk or stoned. Stoned, hell, yeah. Oh, like Jeez. 150%. Yeah. It's so much better than alcohol. Well, it's, it's, it's so much better than alcohol. Yeah, I would much rather have someone abuse weed than abuse alcohol because you you cannot smoke so much that you'll die, but you can drink and get. That's alcohol the thing. Poisoning. Can you abuse weed? I, I mean, I, the only way I guess you can edibles. in that you can smoke enough. Yeah, you, you, and you can't well, smoke you enough. could smoke enough. Well, I mean, you could you could you could use marijuana enough to sort of diminish your drive to want to like go to work. Yeah, I, I, like I, that, I, I yeah. can see that. There, there have been zero documented cases. Right, you can't overdose yep. or whatever from smoking too yep. much. Like, all right, yep. cool. So I've, socially, I guess you could abuse it enough to impact your... Oh, yeah, you might get fired. You might commitments lose or whatever, your family. Right? Yeah, you might, yeah. all these other things, but uh, you won't die. So it seems like alcohol would be, is just a way quicker yeah. way to destroy your life than yes. marijuana would be. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know, I like... I, I have zero experience with with <laughs> yeah. with like that level of use. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so get some edibles, man. Get you know, uh, where are we at on on uh, like transdermal anything? You know, like the nicotine patches. Do we have a a, a marijuana patch? They're probably, I think so. It's got to be something, probably, right? Yeah. Do you remember? I, so there was a, a girl in my high school. And, and maybe every high school has this story. It's a girl in my high school, and her name was Kim. Uh, I remember, I remember her very specifically. And she had this story of like when she was a kid, nine, ten, eleven years old, something like that. She'd gone to the zoo, mm-hmm. and at the zoo on the ground, she found these like temporary tattoos. Oh, and she's like picked it up, and you know, you lick it or you get it wet or whatever, put it on, uh-huh. and it turned out that it was like LSD. Right. And she's like 11 years old going on this like deep LSD trip. Okay. Yeah, have you ever heard of – like it seems like an urban legend. Yeah, I've heard stories of that. But, yeah, I don't know of anybody specifically. So if we, if we can do the LSD thing, you know, transdermally or sort of on a temporary tattoo, I feel like we're at the point now where we can synthesize the THC <coughs> and sort of reduce it down. Yeah. To a very concentrated amount that could maybe go transdermal. Yeah, probably. Let's let's Google it. Let's see. Okay. Let's see if there's a THC patch. <clears throat> oh, I'm just seeing a patch that you could actually sew onto your jacket, which would be cool. That would definitely make your jacket your your clinical jacket cool. For sure. <laughs> um, how about this botanical hemp oil pure hemp patch? 75 milligrams, two patches. Um, I don't know if that's THC, though, or if it's CBD. Yeah. I, I know that they do have balms and salves with CBD. And yeah, stuff, so, so. <clears throat> yeah, so if you can do that with CBD, I'm guessing you could do THC. Right? Yeah, let's see. Transdermal cannabis. Yeah, so here's, uh, here's from Leafly, which I guess is a weed website. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Seven effective and convenient transdermal cannabis patches. 
Transdermal patches offer a new unique way to consume cannabis outside the usual edibles. Flower and vape pens with their immediate infusion of bloodstream, their convenient way or quick option <clears throat> to address your THC or CBD needs. So that tells me you have either options, right? You can do a, yeah. a CBD or a THC, depending on if you just want the anti-inflammatory effects or if you want to actually get high, right? So here it is. Uh, plenty of things. 30 milligrams indica THC transdermal patch. That's going to hit your system really quick. Uh-huh. Like, wh- why do you need to smoke? Yeah, I, I, I see no need at this point. Why do you need it? Unless you just want to, like, roll that blunt. You want to roll that dog leg, Lance. Roll that thick hog's leg up and just spark it up. Well, there's always that. Put on some, uh, put on some Dre, put on some Snoop, mm-hmm. and just, uh, can just go to town. Cheech and buddy. Chong, Reefer Madness, and uh, the whole the whole thing. I don't think Cheech and Chong did oh, Reefer right. Madness. They did I'm up and smoke. Pretty certain Reefer. Yeah, Reefer Madness. Up and smoke. Yeah, Reefer Madness. I think 30s. was from the twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, let's check out Maddie starts growing. Um, Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this is a rough one, Lance. Uh-oh. This is in the subreddit of wedding planning. Okay. How to go about... Oh, God. I don't even want to tell you this, Lance. <laughs> We're going to go... This is going to be a long show. How to go about not wanting my father to walk me down the aisle. Ooh. 26 female. Tough Ooh. look for the dad. Hey, everyone. I need help in how to navigate a fairly tricky situation. My parents have been divorced since I was two weeks old. Yeah, tough look. Never saw much of my father except for a couple times a year. Have seen him even less since becoming an adult. A few weeks ago, he mentioned over the phone how excited he was to walk me down the aisle. Why? You haven't done shit. Yeah. Like, what? why are you excited about that? You don't get to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm with her. Yeah. I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with hashtag I'm with her. Um, yeah, and I don't think it yeah, should be all that difficult to do to bow out. Hey, Dad, you were, you were I never here. Yeah, I mentioned this in passing to my older sister, and she said it was selfish of me and to just let Dad do it Ugh. like he deserves. No, he doesn't what? deserve to. You have to earn yeah. that. <clears throat> you earn that by being there and not getting divorced two weeks in and never you know, seeing your dad a couple times just a year. Just because you were a DNA donor doesn't mean you deserve to walk. Right, down. doesn't mean you get yeah. to like walk somebody down the yeah. aisle. You know, here's, this isn't subreddit of drugs. Uh-oh. How long until the magic comes back? About three weeks ago, I did MDMA for the first time in probably three years. When I was younger, when I was a younger uni student, I did it fairly regularly with diminishing, never with diminishing effect. Anyway, last weekend, I tried to roll again and nothing. My pupils got huge, but no euphoria, uh, empathy, or need to feel close to my partner. I want to do it again for Mardi Gras in a month's time, but wondering if a month would be long enough since two weeks obviously wasn't. Um, Mm. Even tried a second capsule when the first wasn't enough and still nothing. I cannot answer that for you. I have no idea. Some stuff in weed and micro-growing. Oh, God, you're not going to like this one, Lance. And subreddit, unpopular opinion. Monty Python is cringeworthy and bad. Yeah, that's that's them fighting words. I have to tell you something, Lance. I, I, I figured as much. I don't, I don't get the Monty <laughs> Python. Is it an age thing? Uh, it's probably does Clint like it? Clint likes it. My my youngest daughter likes it too. So I, I think it's more of a exposure and uh, maybe grows on you, or maybe it's the right skits you had to have been around. Maybe so. I I, I have to admit, like I've never done like a deep dive or anything. Okay. So it's always I've always just seen the stuff like 
the whatever the night with no arms or whatever, yeah. and I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've never, to be fair, I've never really given it a full chance. Okay. But I've also never had sort of um, Monty Python sommelier to sort of walk me through. <laughs> right, right. I did, yeah, my youngest, I spent a, a, an evening one time just kind of playing with YouTube and things and, and kind of exposed her to a bunch. I didn't do that with her sisters, and they just kind of tolerate Monty Python, sort of. So that's probably All the right. difference. Maddie starts growing is a hot take machine. Oh. You ready for the next okay. one? This is also an un- separated, unpopular opinion. Okay. I prefer eating dry ramen noodles to cooking them and adding the flavors. Hot take. Wow. Hottest of takes. I have to say, I massively disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I've. I've. Next hot take. Go ahead. Tell me your thoughts well, on on ramen. I've. Noodles. I've had it that way, and and it's in a pinch, sure, but no, I would prefer. It's not good. No. It's not good. Unpopular opinion subreddit. David Bowie's music is mediocre, and he shouldn't be a hero to anyone. <laughs> this person's just trying to hot pick take. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> I I stand with David Bowie. Although I I will tell you, like I've not also I've not had the David Bowie sommelier uh-huh. sit down with me uh-huh. and go through all the like the the catalog and so I, i'm not going to pretend to be super well versed right in right ziggy stardust sure. but um like uh, under pressure is enough that's yeah. like that's it yeah it's all i need if that's all there is it's a fucking grand slam home run out of the park like if that was his only a bat that's all yeah. I, that's all i need for sure for sure and i mean next i came of age when let's dance was big so okay i uh now I will tell you, he did that one duet with uh, Mick Jagger, <laughs> "Dance in the Streets," like in the eighties. Yeah. That's f- <laughs> fucking awful. That's an abortion. I think, of a song. I think it was a, a cash grab. I think that contractual obligations. I hope so. They just needed to throw I something out so. there. And okay, good. But beyond that, I think yeah. I, I I would stand with David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, who Maddie starts growing. I don't care if the government is tracking us with vaccinations. I'd still prefer that to getting polio. I don't feel like that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's... I'll stand with you on that one. Yeah. Let's see if we got any other hot takes here. That was it. Okay. That's the end of the hot takes. All right. So what what, what are the hot takes? Monty Python sucks. Mm -hmm. Dry ramen noodles. And David Bowie. David Bowie sucks. Mm -hmm. Vaccinations are good. Yeah. Which of these is not like the other? That vaccinations one is kind of weird. Yeah, that's not a hot yeah, take. That's, that's not an unpopular opinion. No. We're all cool with you on that. Yep. Well, I think it's going to about do it for today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was a, that was a long show for two questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we kind of <coughs> we t- took that we one ripped. to task. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on on a limb here, Lance uh-huh. and Fabricius. Uh huh. Come on the show. All right, that would be a hot take. I I I would I think I think if anybody's going to give you a chance, it's us. Don't you feel? Yeah, I think the the other venues might be um, less amenable. Now, like I'm going to challenge. You know, we're going to challenge you, and that's going to be. You know, I mean, it's not going. We're not going to give you a free pass, but. Um, yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna probably have more fun than 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 any other show would. So, send us an email, Ann, 
come on, kind of give us your side of it. Let's talk about mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and let's see, you know, let's see where it goes. So what do you think the odds are that Anne hears this podcast? Slim. To none. <laughs> I have a feeling she's not like super into no. the podcast game. <laughs> I will be shocked if I got a response. If we get an email from Ann, I, I would be shocked too. But I, I would be thrilled. Uh -huh. I, I would. We would love to have you on. Yeah. Um, come on the show. Um, we're not going to be mean. We'll be cool. Yeah. But like, we're going to ask you some shit. Uh -huh. But like, you know, we, you know, it's not going to be a softball. But it's also like we'll be fair about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you cool with that? I'm totally cool with that. We'll even let her pick her song. Yeah. Probably. I. I <laughs> If I had to put money on it, I'm guessing it's going to be ABBA song. She just seems like an ABBA fan. Okay. Super Trooper? I'd, I'd take a chance on me, probably. Would that be my guess. That would be a good one to go with, yeah. i, I got to be honest, Lance. I love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. I'm, I'm, I can't step on... I like ABBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I've not had the ABBA sommelier. Like, I've never seen Mamma Mia anything like okay. that. So I've never had, like, the full experience yeah. with ABBA. Uh -huh. Um, but I would say, um, I, I do like that song, but I'm not going to step on it. I'm going to give her the chance uh -huh. to where if she wants to have that song, yeah. I don't want to take that right away from her. For sure. So, um, I don't know. So it's my turn for a it song. Is. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'll get to it in just a second. I know what I'm going to okay. do. <coughs> um, share this with your friends, especially if you're friends with Ann Fabricius, <laughs> um, send this right to her, smash it over to her in a DM. Uh -huh. Um, it, whoever you, you know that you went to school with or you're friends with, you work with, that may enjoy the show, uh, share it with them. That's how we grow the show. Rate and review us. iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify, the Podbean. How many stars do we like? I'm a fan of five. Yeah, so if you're flicking through Podbean, flick five stars. Uh, you can hit us up on the web, workinginterferences.com. Hit us up on all the social bullshit. Social bullshit. Facebook, Working Interferences with Josh and Lance. Twitter, at Winterferences. Facebook, or no, we already did Facebook. Instagram, at Winterferences. You can find me on Instagram, at Joshua Austin DDS. You can find Lance on Instagram, at DR Timmerman DMD. Mash that follow button. All right, so um, I'm going, and this weekend, Friday night of this coming week, uh, or this week we are in now, mm -hmm. uh, to Los Angeles to see our good friend Andrew McMahon nice. play at the Orpheum Theater. And um, I kind of have – I've formed a relationship with the executive director of the uh, Dear Jack Foundation nice. through this sort of like charity thing that we've done uh, with my office. So she got me backstage passes, which I'm super stoked about. So when I get to meet the man, um, again, I've met him before, but, uh, you know, any, any time to meet him. And so oh, yeah. um, remember a couple weeks ago was my birthday. Yeah. So I turned 40, uh -huh. and Android gave me a very nice wristwatch. And um, – Apparent, she she wanted to have the back of the wristwatch engraved with something, but apparently it's really difficult to find somebody to engrave a wristwatch. Oh. So we're still trying to find somebody to engrave it. But she has a she had a message that she wanted on the back of the wristwatch, and um, it uh, and so instead of having it engraved because she couldn't find anybody to do to do it in time, she just wrote it wrote the message on a card and put it in the box. Mm. And so. We were at a nice restaurant, and I opened up the box, and I opened up the card um, and, and see, like, what she was going to have. Mm -hmm. um, engraved on the back, and it's a line from an Andrew McMahon song, um, which is one of my favorite songs, and it's it's one of kind of the songs that Andrew and I fell in love to. And it's a song called Bruised, 
um, off of his track, um, or off of his article, uh, or his article, Jesus, off of his album, um, Everything in Transit, which is Jack's Mannequin's first album. So, Andrew McMahon used to be the lead singer of Jack's Mannequin. They put out this album, Everything in Transit. This is a song called Bruised from there, and the uh, the line um, that's, uh, that she put on the card that's going to be engraved on the back of the watch is, Hours pass, and she still counts the moments that I am not there. Um, so it's a, it's a, kind of the chorus from the song. And uh, so the song means a lot. So I'm, I emailed the executive director um, and showed her a picture of, of the card and, and said, boy, it sure would be nice if he played Bruised when we were there. So nice. um, we will see if that happens. So I will uh, report back next week cool. if that um, if that is the case, and I'll give you a full scouting report on what it was like to meet the guy and, and spend some time chatting with them. And cool, you know, if there's any gr- groupies or anything backstage, all that good stuff. Nice. So this is uh, from Jack's Mannequin and Andrew McMahon, Bruised. For Lance Timmerman, this is Josh Waston. Peace. Celebrate the foreskin. I've got my things. I'm good to go. You met me at the terminal. Just one more plane ride and it's done We stood like statues at the gate Vacations come and gone too late There's so much somewhere I'm from I had to give it away, had to give you
Every 